When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturer of the finest knife heat treat ovens available. Find your next heat treat oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Welcome to Knife Talk. Now today I'm having a chat with Sandy from Young Knives. So hey Sandy, how are you? Hi there, Craig. How are you doing? I'm very good, very good. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us, give us that elevator pitch. Uh, basically, I started making knives probably about four or five years ago and uh, started off just basically. I was needing a new knife and I was looking on uh, YouTube like most of us probably did yeah. uh, and came across a Trollski video and basically I thought, yep, let's have a go at this because I've made stuff uh, before. I, I like making things. And basically, I took an old saw blade that I had, a reciprocating saw, eh, sorry, a, a rip saw, yeah. and proceeded to make a terrible knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's You know, it's amazing. The amount of people who I speak to say they started after seeing a Trotsky video. It's amazing. Yeah. He, he, he just seems to be the guy that everybody started off with. Yeah, yeah. I think we've all got a lot to thank him for, to be honest. Definitely, definitely. I keep trying to get him on the show, but he's just always too busy. But uh, maybe one day, maybe one day. <laughs> too busy making YouTube videos for us guys. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so describe your style of knife. Um, do you have a sort of standard style or do you do a bunch of different types? What's what's your thing? Uh, basically, uh, I started off with the bushcraft knives. Uh, it, it just seemed to be an easy progression. I was into the outdoor sort of thing, and I, I started off really making them. Uh, it all kind of started with a, an Irish guy, small Irish guy, uh, who was covered in tattoos, hmm. called Clinton, who commissioned me to make the first one for him, and another guy called Lee, Lee White. So I made these two knives, put them out, and the guys absolutely loved them. So that gave me the kind of drive to keep going. Uh, I ended up making a few more of them. Uh, and I, again, it was Clinton's wife who came to me for a last-minute Christmas present, and then she asked me to make him a, a straight razor. Hmm. So I'm, I'm one of these guys that I, I can't say no to people. <laughs> <laughs> Probably to my own detriment. But... Uh, Made the straight razors. They they started going well, and then naturally I have a, a, a love cooking, hmm. and decided to try and have a go at the chef's knives. And it seems to be the chef's knives that I've kind of got my name for now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, 
looking at your knives on Instagram and on, on your website there, I mean, they're beautiful knives, really beautiful. So, yeah. so, so who is your typical customer? Would it, would it now be mainly chefs or is it just, you know, a, a big broad section of people? What, what's, what's the typical for you? It's, it's really a bit of both. I've had a lot of uh, amateur cooks uh, coming towards me, people looking for Christmas and birthday presents. Hmm. And then more recently, I've started doing more for the high-end chefs. So I've, I've got knives with Tom Kerridge. I've got knives with uh, Andrew Pern. And just recently, I did, it was on Instagram, the carving set for a guy called Tom Brown. Right, right. Very nice. So these guys are all kind of jumping on the bandwagon and they're using the knives every day in the kitchens, and it's fantastic to see them. It is. I love seeing that, seeing the customer using the knife and then they they post pictures and so on. Yeah, it always feels good. Yeah. I mean, Tom Kerridge, uh, I've been a big fan of Tom Kerridge's work for for a long time now. Yeah. And it it was basically, I went on his Instagram page, Dropped him a little message asking if he'd like me to make him a knife. Uh, came back, said, yeah, I uh, love a Santuco. So I designed a Santuco for him. Went down to the restaurant and it was it was amazing to see his reaction to the knives. Fantastic. Uh, and the, the other good thing is you get fed for nothing in these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're so grateful they're going to feed you too. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, the guys treat me like a king when I go up there. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so that, that's great that you, yeah, you've got you know you've got people of note using your knives because um, obviously that promotes your knives for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, I'm I'm trying to sort of focus just on knives for the kitchen now. Um, I, I found yeah. it hard in the past to to sort of market myself. So my thinking is, if I if I just work to a set demographic, um, which would be chefs and home cooks, um, it's it, hopefully easier to market rather than spread myself thinly trying to market to everybody. You know? Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what you mean there. I mean, I I think I'm going to try and tend to stick to the chefs knives so I can concentrate on actually developing the the, the range. Yes. Because it's, you kind of jump about from doing this to that to this to that. It takes time up. Yes, certainly does. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, the main reason for me is just trying to sort of market solely to that one demographic, you know. So, I'm, I'm, you know, in the new year, I've got some sort of recipe videos going up on the site and all these little kinds of things, you know. But it's, it's, it's difficult, yeah. isn't it, to get in front of the right people? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm looking forward to actually seeing what recipes you come out with. <laughs> well i love food I, I live for food so yeah there's plenty of recipes it's just it's just trying to get them down onto uh onto, i was gonna say tape then that makes me sound really old doesn't it <laughs> not quite tape okay. but I, i'm old enough to understand what tape is <laughs> <laughs> onto sd card <laughs> yeah so do you do any knife shows or exhibitions that kind of stuff uh well, basically, with, with the Tom Kerridge thing, he he started doing what's called pub in the park. Yes, yes. So the kind of idea of that is is they bring together uh, so many Michelin starred chefs into the one place. Mm. So it's like a big food festival. They have pop up restaurants. They have music. It's all down in Marlow. It's fantastic. And when I went down to meet Tom, he's he asked me to come down and set me up on a stall down there. Oh, great, great. So 
it was absolutely fantastic. But unfortunately, uh, about two months before it, I near chopped my thumb off oh, whilst, make, whilst making the knives for him. Wow. Uh, and it really, really, really put me back. Yeah. So I went down with a range that I'm trying to develop with him at the moment uh, just to see what the public reaction would be. Yes, yeah. And it was absolutely fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. So basically this year I'm going back down again, hopefully with thumbs intact <laughs> and, a, and a, a box full of knives. And, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at maybe trying to do another few uh, to see how they go. Yes, yeah. It's, it's something I've been thinking about doing. Um, but, yeah, I haven't quite dipped my, dipped my toe into that yet. So, um, it's hopefully. fantastic. You, you, you really should go because just to see people's reactions to your knives yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, and I think, yeah, getting feedback, and particularly if there's chefs there too, giving you good feedback about, about your knives, you know, whether, you know, when I say good feedback, I don't mean good as in your knives are great, but, you know, feedback as in how you could improve, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, the put it this way, Andrew Pern, he, he had a pop-up down there. He has a star in up in Yorkshire, mm. and he came down literally for 10 minutes, end of the night, and he says, can I have a go? He says, yeah, yeah, no problem. So... He cut one tomato and says, can I buy them? <laughs> and I was like, uh, they're my knives. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, but it's okay if I buy them. I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'll make some more. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, that, so, that, that's so going to start there. With regards to, to sales, so are you doing a lot of sort of online orders or are they just from people that you know and, you know, word of mouth gets around how, how you normally get your orders uh-huh. in? Mostly, mostly through through Instagram, like pr- pretty much the the, the everybody, yeah. uh, really. Yeah. Uh, the Instagram thing's absolutely fantastic. I mean, Twitter's great. I get stuff through the website, and yeah, I do get some word of mouth. Uh, it's it's just when you start talking to people and you tell them you're a knife maker, you usually get that strange reaction of what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then you show them, and and they instantly become interested in what you're doing, and that kind of then leads on to, oh, could you make a knife for me? And yeah. sometimes people are shocked at the prices, uh, but again, once you start explaining to them the whole process and that they are handmade, we're in our workshops, working away for hours on them, yeah. some they start to appreciate what what they actually are. Yeah, yeah, and and my belief there is if if they sort of snark at the price. I think maybe, you know, it's just not for them, you know? There's plenty of yeah. people who, who are looking for quality and, you know, go and speak to them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, they are a kind of niche market and, hmm. yeah, a lot of people do get that way about price, but if they want them, they'll, they'll, they'll take them. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's really good to be speaking to a fellow Brit. Um, so for those, Amer- yeah. those Americans who are listening, Sandy is Scottish. That's not a speech impediment. Yeah. That's the way he speaks. Yeah, they won't provide subtitles. <laughs> but but as a Brit, you must have heard about this law that which which may be coming into play, which is going to ban the delivery of knives through the post. Yeah, how yeah. are you going to deal with that? That's that's a question on everybody's lips at the moment. It's, yeah. it's yeah. really difficult because I mean you can understand that people people want to make people safe, and and by by all means, I mean we. We, and I'm saying we as in knife makers, 
we vet our clients. We check, we get age verification of them, we get mm. credit card details and passports. I, I keep a log of everybody's passport, their address, and where, where the knives went. Yeah. Just simply yeah. because if, if for any instance, anything did happen, God forbid it, you, you've got a record there. And it's being responsible, I think, is, is the, the main thing. Like, so of Amazon and the, the other bigger names that are selling knives, they need to take more responsibility on what they are actually selling. Yeah, and I think that's what this law is, is you know, trying to protect. It's not the likes of, likes of us, because our customers generally aren't under 18 and, you know, they're, they're generally professionals. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's just it's this blanket sort of ban, whereas, you know, a, a $5 knife on Amazon being sold to a 14-year-old, you know? You know, what we do is very, very different. And it's, yeah, it's, I think it's going to impact a lot of people. Yeah, I think there also needs to be education on the issue as well. Hmm. Because, I mean, you were probably this, this, the very same, Craig. When you were a kid, you had a pen knife. Yeah. And it, everybody had a pen knife when they were a kid. And the only person I ever cut was myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, but I've I've just always had one. Yeah. Uh, during my day job, I'm a, a, a I look after construction sites, and I always have a Leatherman on me. Mm. So it, it's one of these things. If you're going to use it for what the purpose it's used for, yeah, that's fantastic. But as you say, this the sale of these zombie knives and other such brands, as they call them. Uh, they are what's causing the problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, hopefully something will be sorted and, you know, it's not going to impact people too much. But, yeah, it is just a little bit of a worry at the moment. Just a bit yeah, hopefully the British government will see sense. Yes, yeah, yeah. So so back to your knives. Yeah. Um, just looking, looking today at some of those pictures, and, I mean, your file work on those spines, it's just really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's something I actually really like doing. It's quite relaxing. Yeah, I've, I've, I've tried it, um, and mine were absolutely terrible. So have you got any tips? Any tips for somebody just starting out looking to do some firework? Uh, basically, just take your time and practice on a couple of... Just take a couple of scraps. We all have scrap pieces of metal mm. lying about the workshop. I mean, basically, what I'll do is I'll flatten off the spine, and I'll use a chalk pen mm. or a paint pen, just so I've got something that I can mark up. And then I'll, I'll mark my increments, and I usually start off with a, a round file, small round needle file, put the initial cuts in, and then I just kind of work it away from there. Mm. It actually gets to the point, the more you do it, you don't even need to mark it out. Yeah, oh, but, my eye, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's just one of the things you've got to, you've got to practice. It's like doing grinds. We all started off with jigs. And then you'll start going up on you're doing freehand grinds, and the first ones will be terrible, but after a few, you you just end up getting into a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, it's, it's, it's probably a bit hard to explain, really. Yeah, and I, I did things a little in the reverse actually. So I started off without using a jig, um, and just a few just a few months ago, I started using a jig, thinking, let's have a look. You know, is this going to be quicker? Is this going to help me out? Um, and the first week or so, I think this is great. But um, yeah, you soon start to realise the restrictions of it and uh, sort of back to freehand, you know? Yeah, was that one of the dance jigs? It is, yeah. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah. It's it's built so well. Um, yeah, I sat down up at the workshop. He's been up here. 
Oh, right. Oh, great. Great. So I still use it if I've got, you know, large sort of flat segments to do on, you know, on larger knives, you know, just to yeah. hold a flat. It's, it's, it's quite handy for that. Um, but yeah, it is a really good, good piece of kit. So that is it Basher Dan, isn't it? On, on Instagram. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. I, he actually, he actually made a hand sanding jig for me after a cup of fun. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where that kind of came from. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that, he, his, his, uh, stuff, uh, is, he puts it together so well. Yeah. It's, it's really well put together. It takes a lot of time and, uh, He's got an, uh, an eye for detail when it comes to these things. Yes, as I say, it's just really well made, really nice piece of kit. Yeah, and he's a lovely big lad as well. Let's talk about one of our sponsors, Tormac. To get great razor-sharp and repeatable edges, you're going to need a Tormac. To find out more, go to Tormac.com, which is T-O-R-M-E-K.com. OK, let's get back to the show. So, so t- let's talk about your process a bit. Um, let's start with your your steel choice. Do you have a, a, a standard steel that you always go to, or do you, do you try and mix it up? Yeah, I, I'm basically using 1095 at the moment. Yeah. Uh, which I'm getting in flat uh, plate from high-grade steel. Yeah. Uh, it, it's fantastic stuff to use. Yeah. It can yeah. be a temperament on the heat treat. Yeah. Well, I'm generally using sort of... 01 or 1095. I've just started using X75, which they're selling over here in France, which I think is, right. is very, very similar um, in composition. Um, but also just a little bit of stainless as well. So uh, a bit of Niolux I've been using this week, which is really nice. How are you, how are you finding this the stainless? Um, really nice, actually. So Niolux is um, it's, it's, it's oil quenching. So um, it obviously requires a higher temperature. So, you know, use the horse foil wrap, that kind of thing. Take it up to about... 1050c um quenching oil um very very hard to get any scratches off after heat treat um and it will just rip through belts you know um but <laughs> but yeah if you've got a nice a nice sort of finish before heat treat it's then just a case of you know tidying up and a bit of polishing and it, it's yeah really really nice um so i think i'll be doing a bit more of that i haven't really done any sort of um, hard testing on it yet as such with regards to how long you know the edge is going to last that kind of thing as only just really started this week but um it's really nice to work with really nice yeah it's it's something i have looked at uh but again trying to treat it in a, a gas forge oh right yes that can be difficult yeah it's a bit tricky at the moment yeah so yeah. but the 1095 i mean uh, it gets a really really good edge on it yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, it's very similar to all one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but you've got added benefit. You can add hormones. Yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do like it for that. But you really need to get it the, the heat treat nailed. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't, and I've found out various occasions uh, that it will crack on you. Yeah. When you least expect it. <laughs> it's so, one of these ones you think it's went well. You set you set it down. And then you'll just hear, ding, yeah. uh, <laughs> your heart breaks. <laughs> so so how, are you, how are you testing your blades? Do you have any way of, of testing hardness? Uh, I'm at the moment using the Rockwell files. Right, yeah, yeah. So I'm using that at the moment. I am trying to locate a, 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 got a Rockwell tester. Yeah, yeah. But they are very, very expensive. They are. I'm, I'm looking to order one very soon. And, you know, looking at the used ones on eBay, they seem to go within 
you know, very, very quickly. And at very good prices, too. Yeah, um, you, you need to be quick on these things. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so so, what kind of grinder are you using? Are you using the sort of standard 2x72 that everybody's using? Yeah, 2x72. I got that from Alistair at Denland Engineering. Oh, right, yes, yeah. I uh, got it made for me. It's absolutely fantastic. Great machine. I've yes. got the variable speed control on it. Very nice, very nice. So it made a massive difference. I mean, prior to that, I was using a 30-pound... Uh, shop bought grinder with the, the the polishing it polishing wheel on the side. Oh, the little one by thirties. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I started on one of them, and I, I, I've got to say, some of the work I've seen people do on them is incredible. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just <laughs> so much easier on, on on a bigger grinder. Yeah, I mean, mine's was cobbled together. I had timber tool rests on it. I chopped <laughs> the top section off it, or Jeez, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I must have made at least thirty knives off that. Yeah, yeah. So it certainly paid for itself. Oh yeah, without a doubt, the same as mine. It was <laughs> it was used and abused and battered. And I've it, actually only last week, I, only last week, I gave it to a, to, to one of the local kids around here who's just started making knives. So I gave it to him. Um, <laughs> so I'm interested to see what he does with it now and whether whether it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> They are good. I mean, I've still got. I use use it for polishing now. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So I still have the polishing wheel nice. uh, on there. And nice. I just use it for for doing that now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So right, we talked about your steel, about your grinder, um, your belts. Um, what kind of belts are you using? I'm using the ones from Ground Flat Stock. Oh right, yes, yes, from David. He start- yeah, David. He started selling the green belts. Uh, they're, they're, they're really good, to be fair. Oh, nice, nice, and, nice. And they're a decent price as well. Yeah, I've yet to use them. So I'm still using a, a batch that I've got from Combat Abrasives um, in the US, um, which are great. Um, but now being in France, it's, yeah, getting them imported, yeah. you know. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not – their costs are great. <laughs> um, so if in the US, I you know, I, I fully suggest using them because they're great. But um, unfortunately, shipping charges just, yeah, they, they prevent me from using them. But that's, yeah. It's a long story. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I've had a look at them, and some of the import costs is oh man. Yeah, it just uh, your heart sinks as soon as you see that. Yeah, I think unless you're ordering sort of five, six hundred pounds at a time, it, it, you know, it's it doesn't really make sort of commercial sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that we should all chip in together, do a massive group deal. <laughs> <laughs> Get a container over of them, a container over of even heat ovens, and everyone would be happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Even heat ovens, yes. <laughs> I tried to buy one recently, and uh, the, the guys had put up a slightly damaged one. It was ah, uh, silent. They've done a few of these, haven't they? Yes, great idea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the guys are fantastic, and they came back with so much information so quickly. Hmm. Uh, and I put a bid in, but the... The shipping was horrendous. Yeah, I, I mean, I went through that. So, I mean, the shipping was basically the cost of the oven. Um, and, I mean, yeah. my, mine was stuck in customs as well for over four weeks, you know, oh, just in customs. And then you get, you know, the customs bill then, which was another sort of six, seven hundred pounds on top of that. And it was just, wow. But, I, yeah, I couldn't live without it now. It's, it's, it's fantastic. 
Yeah, I'm actually, I think it might be cheaper to fly over, pick one up, and use it as hand luggage. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty heavy, but hey. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll, I think I'd uh, lift it in that case. <laughs> so, so how are you finishing your blades? How are you polishing? The dreaded hand sand. Right, yes. It's a it, bit it, of a pain, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably my least favourite part. Yeah. But it needs to be done. If if you want to kind of raise the game on them, yeah, yeah, uh, I've been watching a a lot a lot of Nick Wheeler videos, and Nick's Nick's fantastic. His the, the the way he does his hand sanding, uh, I've now started doing it that way. Yeah, and it's much quicker. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's with the same with me, hand sanding I really hate. So depending on on the sort of the type of blade. Um, I'm, I'm doing quite a few with just using surface conditioning belts. Um, yeah. Those sort of Scotch-Brite belts, you know? Uh, and I've got, I've got five different grades, um, so if you work your way down. And you can get a really, really nice satin finish. Yeah. Um, but quite often, just before I get to the last belt, I'll spend a good hour, you know, doing a bit of hand sanding first. Uh, it makes a hell of a difference. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those necessary evils, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just looking at my my. Uh, I'm in the workshop at the moment, and I, and I keep looking over because I've got one to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it off till Sunday night, like homework when you were kids. Putting yeah. it off till last thing Sunday night. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But it's when you've got a big batch and you just go, "Oh man, I've got ten of these to do." <laughs> yeah. yeah, four or five days of just sitting there and getting cramp, and yeah, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about etching? Are you are you pressing or are you electro etching? How are you getting your logos? Uh, I'm electro etching at the moment. Mm. Uh, uh, funnily enough, using your uh, advice, and I've went and bought myself a brother printer. Oh, one of those little printers. Yeah. How, how are you finding it, that? It's, fantastic. it's really good, actually. Really good. Does it, you need to play about with it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And and just get it right but once it's right i think it gives a fantastic uh, finish on it it does and i i you know i tape down the, the the stencil tape i tape it down nice and flat so you know it's not going to move um yeah. and it, yeah it just works really well and i've actually spoken to brother since then as well because uh, well i'd say over a dozen people have actually ordered them you know sort of knife makers yeah. since then which is, which is which is amazing um so i contacted them just to say you know do you realize it's being used in you know for knife making and so on, um, which they didn't know. Um, but they, they have said that they are introducing a new model, which is going to have a much higher resolution. Um, oh, fantastic. So at the moment, that's the one thing with, with this little printer, is the resolution isn't as good as the um, as, as my normal sort of um, stencils that I was using, which I think, yeah. was screen, which I think they were screen printed. Um, so the resolution isn't quite as high. You know, it, it takes a good eye to see the difference. Um, yeah, but the the newer printer is going to have a twelve hundred DPI resolution, which will just be incredible, incredible. Yeah, that'll be a lot. I, I might actually get away with using my full logo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the moment I'm just doing the the YK basically. Right. Uh, yeah. because there's quite a lot of detail on my logo. Yeah. And well, I've, I've had them done. I've had them done uh, by laser, and they come out great. Hmm. But again, the guy for me is about an hour's drive, and then there's maybe a couple of hours down there and another hour back. So it's a lot of time go, out. Yes, yeah, yeah. And sometimes there's a couple of occasions where they've not just quite worked out. 
Ah, ah. And, and when it gets to that point, you've done all the work on the blade, and it just ah, there's been a couple of occasions, but it's part, part and parcel, isn't it? It is. It is, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm currently using my um, screen printed labels for my logo. Um, yeah. but, but I'm only using the, the brother stuff because obviously you can only use that stencil once anyway. Um, yeah. Because, they, you know, they mess up. But um, I'm using them for like serial numbers on knives and for, you know, uh, for inscriptions that people want, you know, more of the sort of, you know, stuff that will change all the time, you know. Yeah. So it's nice to have yeah. that sort of flexibility to be able to do that. You know, people want their names on knives, that kind of thing, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the chefs, they, they, they want them on, on the, the, the knives simply because other chefs will steal their knives. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're a terrible bunch, yes, really. <laughs> so, so what are you doing about packaging? It's, it's been a, a, a real problem of mine. Not a problem, but it's just something that I've been really trying to crack over the last couple of months, actually. Uh, trying to get yeah. really good packaging at a decent price. Um, if you're in the States, there's, there's plenty of um, custom sort of box making apps that you can use that'll you know you can make it yeah even a cardboard box to your specific sizes but here in the well, uk it's it's difficult <laughs> what are you doing uh basically i'm 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 in the same boat as you craig to be honest uh I, i've tried various ways of packaging them i've tried t- uh, wooden boxes but again it's trying to to get the cost down on them really because mm. The guys are taking a lot of time and effort to make the boxes, and you can appreciate that they, they, they're looking for for a bit of money at them as well. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the, I've looked at cardboard box packaging, but when you you actually go to order it, they're wanting at least five hundred orders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which then you're sitting with five hundred boxes, <laughs> which is a bit of pain. But yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm doing Hessian wraps on them. Ah, oh, pretty yeah. That's pretty much the same as me. So a Hessian oh, wrap, you, oh. then using a cardboard tube. Yeah, yeah, pretty much at the moment. Uh, hopefully, we can, I can get something a lot better. I'm in the process of talking to another uh, maker, a guy called William Firth. Does hmm. a lot of woodworking stuff, and he's looking at making up some boxes for me to to see if we can maybe do like a a thing together. Yeah, he helps me help him sort the idea. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, I've toyed the idea with using sort of just balsa wood and then getting, you know, one of those cheap lasers and putting a logo on the balsa wood and making the box that way. But it's just so time-consuming, you know? And because I don't, yeah. I generally don't have a range of knives. Each knife I make is different dimension to the last and so on. It's, you know, it's difficult to get a, to, to do that each time. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I looked at doing the, the foam packaging, you know, for the, the knife to sit in. Yes, yeah, yeah. But again, it's a bit like you say, there could be slight differences in the sizes and stuff like that. And if you've got it cut out nice and neat and you set a knife in, which may have a slightly different dimension, Hmm. it'll just look a bit rough around the edges, really. Exactly, yeah. I I recently ordered some, some knives from Florentine, Florentine Kitchen Knives. Um, oh yeah, they're they're lovely. Nice. They're be- beautiful, but they they come packaged so well, and it's it's you know it's it's sort of vacuum formed the, the you know the inner tray, you know velvet lined, really beautiful. But yeah, you just yeah. need to have your each knife needs to be exactly the same. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll crack it. I'm sure I'll come up with a good solution. But um, as of yet, it's it's got me scratching my head. 
Yep, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. So if you come up with a solution, please let me know. I will do. And if anybody's listening who's got a solution, let us know. <laughs> yes, please, please, please. Please do, please do. Well, I'm going to finish soon. I'm going to finish with the same question that I ask everybody else. Um, yeah. And that is, who are your heroes? Who do you admire? Whose work do you look at and think, one day I'll be as good as that? Oh, wow, there's lots, isn't there? <laughs> there really is lots. I mean, one of the main ones for me was uh, Adam from Belt Shark. Right, yes, yeah. Uh, you had Jackie on a few weeks ago. I... Uh, Adam's stuff is just phenomenal. It is, really is good, yes. Yeah. We, we we chat so so much all the time, uh, me and Adam, throw ideas here, there and everywhere, and we're actually maybe looking at doing a, a collaboration piece. Oh, nice. Nice. So that is a massive thing for me. Uh, Sean Hatcher is incredible. Mm. I, 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 it baffles me how he gets his handles so clean. <laughs> the guy is an absolute wizard when it comes to putting handles on knives. Yeah, his videos uh, are great too, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, again, just one of the guys that just seems to be able to make it perfect every time. <laughs> And that's what we all kind of strive to do. Uh, other guys, I mean, Sandy from Jacklaw, he's been a big inspiration as well when I was doing the, the bushcraft knives. Yes, yeah. And, and again, I've been trying to get Sandy on. Um, oh, but get Sandy on. He's a lovely fella. He is. And I, I love his videos because they're just, I don't know, they're just so personal too. And you can see how, how geeky he gets about, you know, his heat treat and all these kind of things. Um, oh, yeah. He's got these things nailed down. I mean, he... The, the level of detail he goes in is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, hopefully one day we'll get him on the show. Yeah, Sandy, please go on uh, Craig's show, please. <laughs> Everybody wants to uh, talk to you. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to call this a day because uh, I know it's, it's a Sunday night and you've got a lot of hand sanding to do. <laughs> so where, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me on Instagram. So it's youngknives uh, underscore at the very end. They can find me on Twitter, which is Sandy1982. And they can find me on the website, which is young-knives.co.uk. Fantastic. 